This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy... I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Back for another action-packed Six Rings podcast. I'm Andy Hart alongside Nick Fitzy Stevens and Shime Time, the most popular man on the podcast. Chris Shime following the Patriots' 20-7 to loss on week one in Miami to the Dolphins. We're going to get right into it because last we talked to our podcast listeners and friends we were thinking about pondering, concerned about Mac Jones's health more necessarily than the just the loss to the Dolphins. Uh, update on that. The x-rays, as we knew on Sunday night, were negative. Apparently, reportedly dealt with some back spasms, something that flared up during the game. And basically, he said his back hurt and he wanted to get it checked out and make sure it wasn't anything significant. He spoke with the media on Monday. He said he's been hit harder. He'll be hit harder again in the future. And all indications and signs point to him to preparing to practice on Wednesday to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh in week two on Sunday. So, guys, how concerned are we with Mac Jones' health? And I will say I'm mildly concerned still, even though he appears to have gotten past any significant injury, back injury, back spasms for a weak-armed quarterback concern me. I'll tell you, I'm very concerned about Mac Jones's health, and it's not just because the line play was shoddy or at least inconsistent on Sunday, whether or not they plan to have Ferentz come in for Cole Strange and could just come in for Isaiah Wynn. That wasn't great line play on Sunday. There's a lot they need to clean up in aisle other Patricia. Uh, I saw that video that Greg Bedard tweeted out from the tunnels of Hard Rock Stadium Sunday. Mac was walking with a pronounced limp. He had a very heavy left foot, which means that something I, spasm. Sure, we were all going through spasms at various points in that game on Sunday, especially after the Aguilar fumble in the fourth pretty much sealed the deal for the Finns. He didn't look great, and that's got to hurt. Sure, he's been hit harder before high school, college by Randy Gregory last season in the Cowboys game. But that's not the way, you know, you want to start the season by having to get x-rays on your back. We're not talking about something else that can be held up with a splint or a brace or that you can quickly put a pin in like Dak Prescott's thumb. Actually, he didn't even need a pin, turns out, for his surgery. He might be back in four weeks. That's not good. That's really not good. And while we probably will be spared the horror show of Hoyer v. Trubisky in week two at the same time, every time you see somebody mentioned in your timeline like, 
The Bailey Zappi era is only a matter of time. Matt gets popped like that again. May become a reality, boys. Yeah, you should be very worried just because specifically because this offense is still trying to figure anything out. And for it to be able to do that, it's going to need Mac Jones under center. Uh, and if Mac Jones continues to get pummeled week in and week out, that back might snap. Ask Tony Romo how that goes. Yeah, ask Matthew Stafford how that goes. And Shime, this seems like a perfect time for a statistical, as I like to call them, Ooh. a stat with balls. Shoot. We always love a good stat with balls here on the pod. Did you gentlemen know, as tweeted out by Chad Graff, uh, covers the Patriots for The Athletic, Mac Jones had the second quickest time to throw in the NFL in week one. Three seconds or more to throw on only 3% of his dropbacks, by far the lowest in the NFL week one. And would Is you like time to, to hear- insert not great, Bob? Not great? Would you, would you like to hear a bullshit, I'm working blue already, uh, counter stat uh, from ESPN? Well, hell yeah, I would. Bro. ESPN released a graph of their pass win rate mm-hmm. um, and like their blocking percentage. And the mm-hmm. Patriots had a top seven offensive line in week one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Hold on. Can we can we figure out which way we're going here with this? Like what? What? Like, no, I'm, I, I agree. I think the offensive line stinks. I, and I think people just don't understand. But there are certain people out there spewing specific propaganda that would say that the Patriots offensive line was actually, quote unquote, good. Well, they were wasn't. good for the run sometimes, Andy, but not for the oh, pass they, they, were, they had their moments. I mean, yep. it's an NFL game. You play effing 60 plays. You're going to win some of them. Other than that, otherwise, you wouldn't be in the league anymore. Um, to say the offensive line was good is borderline ridiculous. Um, and I want to fixate on one person, most important person on that line, Trent Brown, your left tackle, Bingo. I thought was bad. And mm-hmm. I thought he looked disinterested. I thought effort looked like an issue at times. And he I looks know like Sean, he doesn't want to be there. And, and but that's why? his career. Does, doesn't that's he have 11 career. million reasons to be out there right now? Well, no, you don't have to. I mean, he's getting paid. Check is in the mail. Check is in the bank. Direct deposit's going to cash. You don't have to show effort to collect your paycheck. But my issue is, I think that's been Trent Brown every place he's ever been, except when he played for Dante Scarnecchia. Bingo. Chris Curtis mentioned that this morning when we had him on the show. Right. And Scar backs him, but I think Scar is blinded by his personal experiences with Trent Brown. Like this, this idea that I'm only going to hold him to the standard I've seen from him. I'm not going to go into where he was elsewhere. Sort of like LeGarrette Blunt when he sucked everywhere else, but he always worked here for the Patriots. Like he can walk off the field in Pittsburgh pissed off and a week later welcomed into Foxborough because it works here. Doesn't mean he's not a dink in Pittsburgh. And I would say early signs for Trent Brown are that we're getting the Trent Brown this year that the 49ers and the Raiders have gotten in the past. And that's a bad sign. Yeah. But see, I heard him on pardon my take in the off season. He had a nice long segment with those guys And he talked at length about how much he loves Belichick, what he admires about Belichick, talked about how he loves that he does game film breakdowns on the treadmill, called him cool as shit. Like it's more than just, it's, it's more than just Skarnecchia while Skarnecchia is the Trent Brown whisperer, if you will. I can't imagine that it's like only when he comes there, can he like, quiet the beast or get the most out of him at the same time. But then time. did you hear Trent Brown yesterday? It's just like all these one word, one sentence answers. It's exactly the script Belichick gave him to just shut up and not say anything. And I think talk is, is cheap. I'm sorry, but I've seen enough training camp. I've seen enough preseason and I saw week one right now. He is not a net positive player for this team. I'm with and you. that's alarming because the, the issues and questions about Trent Brown for the Patriots are supposed to be, can he stay healthy? 
the calf injury? Can he stay on the field? And now I have to worry about, is he dialed in? Does he care? Is he effort, engagement, effort? Like, energy? Like these are huge curious. These are huge question marks, Andy. And I know we're going to talk about this when we get to uh, the born identity or the lack thereof that the team had on offense in week one in the next segment. But it makes me almost want to revisit that very controversial moment in this podcast when you were out doing FM radio that week, Andy, that Shime and I caught a lot of heat for when we were just asking or at least making a general observation about this particular team being the one that has enough people or players rather that turn to Bill and say, hey, Bill, isn't it maybe time to stop doing all these Bill Belichick things like is Trent Bound being suppressed? Is Kendrick Bourne sick of this shit? You know, like Isaiah Wynn is clearly sick of this right, shit. A, like this is there's a lot of people on the it's team a growing like, list, potentially good football players that are like, ah, enough. And it, it, like they're they're feeling suppressed and suffocated by like the heavy oppression of like quiet. Say what we want. Do your job. Hush. Play. How, how exactly is is Trent Brown not trying Bill's fault? I hate to be the Belichick apologist. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's Bill. I'm not saying it's Bill's fault, but it seems like there's a growing number of players that are becoming fatigued with disengaged, this, yeah, disinterested, the, the, any of the like. Well, I think that is what does to, that speak to? to? To our continued discussion and re, about the game and sort of recapping the post game and where we've been mm -hmm. in the next couple of days. The apologetic excuse making two plays, Bill Belichick that is here I really do think is a is a proactive attempt at him to continue to fluff up a team that isn't very good that he realized along the way isn't very good and I you know I talked about it with Mutt on our uh, terrestrial radio station Mike Manansky Mutt at night that the Parcellian way of which Bill is a disciple is you know when you're doing really well and confidence might be burgeoning and like you're ahead of yourself you might need to be taken down a peg and when you are playing like crap and are questioning yourself you might need to be patted on the bum bum and lifted up a little bit and I think I think Bill's been trying to pat this collective team on the bum bum uh for a couple weeks now and and convince them that the process and they are better than they are feeling yeah but you can only put so much lipstick on a pig it's still a freaking pig like it's Wait, so just you want him to stop trying just pack no. it in. It's week one. Stop. No, trying. I wish he had done a better job in the off season. But that, I, like, that ship has sailed. That, I, yeah, that, we're, we're here and we're now. It's September 13th. Rolling. It is. It is. Two, it is two days after the Dolphins game. We're on to Pittsburgh shine. We can't I understand. But his his method now of trying to pat his team isn't working. So maybe you have to pull a Bruce Cassidy and call some guys out like you have to. You have to change something because what you are doing is not working. OK, well, so who's the Jake okay, DeBrusque of the Patriots breaks? It's 0-1. You're one week into the season. And you've and looked like crap for two months. Correct. But you've only looked like crap when it mattered once. And I would also argue, as much as I hate him saying it, there is some truth to what he said. Thank Excuses you. Excuses are explanations given by losers. I'll beat the drum till the day I die. But the reality is, if you don't have three of your best defensive players and tacklers screw the pooch on a touchdown before the half and you don't have the strip sack it could be a different ball game and if you have the officials get the call right in the first place now we can all make the point that they should i understand i see everyone can hear your eye roll let alone me seeing it on our stream yard shine right now i don't agree and andy and i said as much when we were watching the game before we did 
the Six Rings postgame show last Sunday, good job by us, that I wouldn't have taken that shot as well to Devontae Parker, a guy, granted he's got size, but it seemed an aggressive shot for a guy who doesn't get a lot of separation against one of the best ball hawks, if not maybe the best ball hawk in the NFL who led the NFL in interceptions the last four years in Xavier Howard. Fact is, we can play the sliding doors game all we want with that one because it was PI. It didn't get called. If they get the ball in the one, they score. It's a different ball game. So there's two them. or three like, pivotal like, swings. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Every football game has two or three pivotal swings. Right. That I know. Evan McPherson game. doesn't get the Literally, ball, places in. Keith said it, it today yeah, on Gresham Keith. Like, that's how every football game is. So right. if you're going to come in with that excuse every time you lose, then, like, what, what, what's the point? Like, no, just one time. One time so far, Who said one he's going to do it every time? It's just I'm, now, I'm just, just it's week. been one time. It, we've lost, you've played one game, you've lost one game. That's your excuse. So, if it okay. happens again, what's your excuse next time? I don't like, know. Can we let him actually do it? Like, what, are you assuming he's going to say the same thing? I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's like I am, I am fully. No, but what do you want him to do? Because, yes, the personnel on this something. team is limited. He, no, actually, this is a change. So, you don't like the change. Because the old school Bill Belichick didn't do this. This is post Tom Brady Bill Belichick. This is what did Cam Newton through for Bill 300 yards. What's that? What did old school Bill Belichick do then with a crappy beat the, team? Beat the crap out of his team. No, he never had a cra- old school Bill Belichick never had a crappy team. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, he did. No, he did in Cleveland. Did he have a crappy and then got canned. Oh, that. Like, that's I'm so just. Far. It's, okay. I didn't know we were but, living in the 90s. <laughs> Good to know, though. Oh, good Hold thing on. we're hey, living hey, in the 2000s with old hey, school Bill Belichick. Hey, Andy, Regardless. give me a second. Let me go get the single soundtrack to <laughs> accompany this rant. Like, this, this, what is going on right now is not working. Like, we've seen them beat, they, they, their attitude oh, seems like they're crap. Toast. You, you I, believe they're toast. Yeah, there's, this team is not going to be competitive all year. They're done. Uh, well, they see. were competitive on Sunday. They were competitive on they're, Sunday. No, not barely. Shime, yes. it wasn't. Okay, listen, 15, it was 17 nothing at the half. On it was two I, drives. You were good uh-huh. all game. And you want to know why you were good on those drives? Scripted. Bella, yes, because Belichick was able to sit there and help them script the opening drive to both the game and the first half. Well, how do you know half. he doesn't take over the offense? Well, if he takes over the offense, fine. Maybe they might be a little bit better, but they're still not going to be that competitive. This team is not good enough. I'm going to okay. wait a few weeks until I cast final judgment. Yeah. I, having I'm as reactionary together, as anybody. And yeah. to just sort of end the season on week one is a little, uh, a little yeah, much. And I, I just put together a piece. Deuced, porked, screwed. I know. Man. And you know what? Every listener to this podcast knows as well. And I can't wait for my mentions to be flooded with all of the <laughs> love letters and rose bouquets to you later on, Shime. I just put together a piece for .com where I feel like there has been such an air of negativity the past several months, perhaps some, if not a lot of it, warranted, and the gloom and doom that has lingered like a fart cloud over New England on the whole, let alone our radio station the past couple of days, trying to accentuate some of the positives or at least look like Look for some of the good, some of the little gold threads, some of the silver linings. There were some good things to take away from the game on Sunday. There was a lot of hustle. There was a lot of great effort. They don't look like a complete dumpster fire. If they can clean up a few of those, if, clean up a few of the messes and mistakes, like Andy said with the 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 bed shitting at the end of the first half on the Waddle touchdown, uh, Trent Brown missing the corner blitzer, it ultimately really was probably his assignment. Just a few small, simple little things against a team that's far from perfect in Pittsburgh on Sunday. I said it in the postgame show. I'll say it again. I think they win on Sunday. 
And I'm not just saying that out of blind optimism better. or Foxborough fate. Yeah, they better because otherwise, yeah, you also, you also <laughs> by week five, Bill Belichick's going to get to know an 0-4 team, and it's going to be bad news. It's also fortunate that you get a team like Pittsburgh this week and not Buffalo. Because if you got Buffalo this week, they would come in, whoop your ass up and down the field, and put you deeper into a hole of depression. Right, but you don't. So No, I know. I'm just, I, know. I, I, I am saying and that it's who, Is anybody saying do. they can compete with Buffalo or that they're a Super Bowl contender? That's like, not, that's not right, what I'm saying. My wife came arguing. home and I'm saw me watching porn. She'd probably be Pittsburgh. really upset, but luckily I'm not. And also right. she's not coming home. So I literally just said you get lucky that you get Pittsburgh. Right. But that's okay. the game you have scheduled to potentially get you to one and one. And yet you're declaring the season over. Yeah. This team is toast. This okay. team stays. Wow. All right. You can Save. win. You can win on this, this Sunday in some ugly ass fashion. And this, this team is still dead in the water. All right. Shime, tell the producer to save that clip. Was it Done. 15 I, minutes and 20 seconds? I, you, this is here's the thing. I, I've been I've been trying to say I've been saying stuff all off season, and I haven't been wrong yet. Like I haven't been proven wrong yet. They About what? they 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 stunk against Miami and they lost. And right. I, I were I picked them to lose too. Like I don't really no, understand I, I, your victory lap. No, I understand, but they've been crappy all preseason. They've yeah, looked pretty crap. Like, that's and they look like crap in training camp, Andy. You, it's no, I was there every day. You don't have to tell me. I was the one actually reporting on it. I could see it. I was the one comparing it to 20 years and saying it's the worst I've ever seen. No, but I understand that. But is they lost one game where their offense looked better for two drives than it had looked all summer at any point in time. Mm-hmm. For that two drives reality. out of what seven, eight, nine. Okay, so a quarter of the time. It looked better than it had on the practice field or the preseason game field. It, do I say that that means that the offense has figured it out and they're going there? Nope. I'm just saying there was some positive there that I had not seen with my eyes in preseason or practice action. Something that could be built upon. Don't know if you'll build upon it or not. No, I'm not into predicting the future down the road. I'm just saying this, this closed the door on the season victory lap. You told us they stink. Most people thought they had terrible personnel. That they mm-hmm. don't measure up to the rest of the NFL. And yet, they don't all I kept hearing is, "Oh, the Patriots will be fine. The Patriots will be fine." I don't know who you you heard that from. Literally everyone on the planet. Not not this not this on the podcast. We talked about mediocrity. Where upside. I can't I can't point properly, but the guy right below well, you is said. Ignore it. him. Ignore what, him. Hold on. What well, hold on. <laughs> what exactly have I said? Like, what have talk I said? To people that actually have some knowledge about the team. Hold on, Andy. Now that's oh, a yeah. that's a that's a dickish. That's a Greg no, no, Hill. No, 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 hold on. Hold on. Like, no, no, no I, if you're saying that, that about me, that's an insult. Don't do no, it. No, I didn't really mean to lump you. Yeah, in, okay. Apologies. Right, thank you. I, 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 also, I also know who Fitzy is. He's going to err on the side of positivity. He's going to give them two more wins than most people. I understand. I'm just saying every Tom, Dick, and Larry has said it too. And it's just like, it's not the case. Like, okay, I, people, I, that's I where think, I would push back. I think a lot of people said, yeah, eight and a half is about right. This is either an eight or a nine win team. Uh, see, I very much disagree. Well, that's where most of the predictions were. Like, I so didn't on, see a lot of these on Sunday, as the game progressed, my, as the game progressed in trying to take the temperature of Pats fans, which is kind of the position I find myself in now because my my fandom is mildly bridled by the podcasting and the post game showing. So I'm not there. I'm not showing out in the stands drinking as much liquid celebration or commiseration as I might need for some of these games. I've been trying to see exactly where the fans are. And before we get to viewer mail of which we have a ton later on, I'll give you a perfect, for example, as to where everybody is yesterday. I did a little Twitter poll for a couple hours, checking in on Pat's nation. How are we feeling after the week one loss in Miami? 
If not one of these four, please reply otherwise. Uh, we're on to Pittsburgh was 30%. 23% was not great, not terrible. So that means over 50% was optimistic to optimistic adjacent. The other half was 28% like Max back, I'm hurting. And 19% was when do the Celtics tip off? So, you know, there's 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 not the in Bill we trust momentum of like, it's, all, it's Miami, it's only week one. We always shit the bed down there. But at the same time, people aren't writing off the season on the whole. Now, did a lot of people say, as you and I discussed Sunday, Andy, like, oh boy, it's going to be a long season. Yeah, there's definitely that feeling. And perhaps you guys have heard it at the radio station and with anyone you've seen at the youth sports, the Packy or wherever else. It's just not time to bail yet. I'm not I'm not reaching around the other side of the Nintendo, putting the paperclip in and hitting reset just yet. Yeah, I just think right now, I mean, I guess some of it's based on expectations. I, I didn't see a lot of people that thought this was a team that was going to contend for a Super Bowl or even a high seed or the division. I think even upside people were like, yeah, maybe they can sneak into the seven spot as a wild card team. You know, if, if you thought they were going to be mediocre, I still think they have a chance to be mediocre. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I mean, it's I'm, I'm not going to just keep beating a dead horse. I just I am far more negative than either of you combined uh, in any way, shape or form. This team is bad top to bottom, I, I think. And I just I don't I don't I think it's more realistic now. We did our uh, worst case scenario, best case scenario. I think now we're I'm I'm trending more towards the middle to worst case scenario. All right. Well, we will see obviously next week on our Pittsburgh and review podcast, but obviously Andy, we've got lots more pod today and we have our Pittsburgh preview coming up later in the week. I think that about wraps things up for the first segment. As far as reviewing the Miami game, too many mistakes. The Patriots aren't good enough to overcome some of those mistakes like the more talented teams. And I think the operative phrase right now until proven otherwise, Andy, is the one that you bandied about several times Sunday, consistently inconsistent. Let's clean it up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we will clean it up in the second segment of the Six Rings podcast. The first regular season edition, actually, right? Regular work week season where we're coming from one game and we're heading towards the next. And as we head towards the Pittsburgh Steelers week two matchup in Pittsburgh at something that used to be called Heinz Field, and I'm refusing to learn the new name. For sure. Yeah, screw sure. it. I, Isn't that that's a, that I sounds like something people practice in a, a country halfway around I, the world? Yep, I feel that was cool. It had a ketchup bottle that had a little it. light that had the big ketchup. Speaking tomato. of stadiums, not to take a complete and utter tangent here, just see like the new logo at the center of the uh, Cleveland Brown Stadium. 
I did. I do. Are you in favor of Brownie being there? Brownie yeah, the why Elf? Not? Why not? Yeah, love it. All right. I was just, it was just a question. I, you well, were I'm in favor of anything quirky and cute and cool. Oh, I like it. I like the it. fact that the Cleveland Browns have three three logos. They have an orange helmet. They have a dog. And they have now a magical little elf who <laughs> might bring me cookies. I would take cookies. I would. Uh, love you know who else I would like cookies, cookies right now? Because they'd make him feel better about his lot in life. Kendrick Bourne. What a segue. <laughs> what a great love segue. Andy. Really. Two snaps. You go ahead and host the show this Sunday after the game, Andy. Great job. Two snaps in the regular season opener. One of those was a uh, 41-yard catch down the left sideline, came off the field, was despondent. I listened to Phil Perry talk about it. He was in the building at Hard Rock talking about how, you know, he had to be consoled by Jonu Smith. He was pissed off in the bench area. And I think we can all feel his pain to some degree. This is a guy coming off a career year who I think most people thought was going to be an ascending talent and weapon within the Patriots offense. And then the summer hit preseason hit training camp hit. We need to remember early on, we were all like, huh, where's Kendrick Bourne? He doesn't really do anything in practice. It's not that he sucks. It's like, he's not really out there. He's not getting thrown to a lot. He's not getting a lot of reps. Then he got into the fight with the Carolina Panthers. Didn't play the preseason game against the Panthers. Now we have some reporting on WEEI today from Tom E. Curran. Some discussions about was he a little bit late, a touch late to a meeting with Matt Patricia that may have continued to keep him in the doghouse. And in fact, maybe the doghouse is Patricia's doghouse, not Belichick's doghouse. I'll push back on that in a minute. And we'll talk about that. And then other aspects of you know, could Kraft be irritated with his receiver not playing a playmaker? They need more plays. Why is our playmaker on the sideline? Tommy said maybe he heard some of that, that Kraft wasn't happy. And just this idea that the two tight end offense might be something that would phase out Kendrick Bourne and keep him from getting more opportunities. So we're in a really weird world of there is some reporting. Kendrick Bourne's talking. Troy Brown has talked. Everybody's talked in vagaries. No specific incident. He needs to do more uh, of what he's supposed to show the coaches what he needs to show them. When, first of all, simple question. Kendrick yep. Bourne on the field a lot this week? Yes. So Kendrick yes. Bourne returns to a significant rotational role at the very least? As a matter of fact, not only does he get way more than two snaps. I mean, Jesus, he only had two snaps, for goodness sake. Although he was your second leading receiver with only two snaps and one freaking catch. Yes, I would say he's on the field for at least more than 20 plays. And Shime, when we do the Thursday pod, which comes out on Friday, I know it'll be Pittsburgh preview centric. I'm going to definitely need some props on this Sunday's game because whatever the Bourne scores a touchdown props are, I'm in. Yeah, okay. So me and you will be heads up. I uh, I am on the side that no, I don't think he will be getting much more time this week. Yeah. I think whoever has put him in the doghouse, it's been a while. I don't see him just magically coming out of the doghouse uh, this week just because all of a sudden people are complaining about it. So we can we can all agree it didn't, quote, just work out that way, as Bill Belichick said, that he didn't play until the end of the game in two snaps. Like, Correct. I'm sorry. Mr. Prepares for everything. Every minute detail is under his thumb. Realized in the fourth quarter, oh, my God, Bourne hasn't played yet. Let's get him on the field. How did it work out that way? So this idea that... It's a Matt Patricia doghouse. I also don't really buy because mm. I'm a firm believer. Now, maybe this is different. Maybe because Patricia is Belichick's right hand boy, beer drinking buddy on Nantucket. But Bill makes personnel decisions. He always has. He always will. I mean, Dante Scarnecchia 
didn't have the autonomy to pick the offensive lineman. Like there was a Belichickian hand even on that. So I find it hard to believe Matt Patricia has autonomy to decide Kendrick Bourne is not playing. Bill Belichick is at the very least strongly signing off on it. Can I ask a question then? Sure. Is Andy, you've generally told us this before. Isn't Bill Belichick's mantra to do what's in the best interest of the team? Correct. Do you believe, do either of you believe that sitting arguably one of your better wide receiver playmakers uh, for your opening game of the season is in the best interest of the team for well, I mean, for disciplinary the and measures. Vagaries. The vagaries. No, I know. Just in, it, just as a, as a general question. No, I wouldn't, but I don't know the details. I understand. Neither you do told I. Told me to I go don't know myself in front of the team. Then yes, you sit. I'm the yeah, dictator uh, here. He, uh, Andy, he would not. Andy, he would not be on the team any longer if he did that. No, I, I think. I think what I I know you're just sort of like putting a hypothetical out there, but because it's like I, I hear Matt Slater with you and Mutt. Just raving about the kid's character like he talks so highly about him and then all of a sudden he's just not playing and so like there's a disconnect to me and that's why i asked the question because it's just something doesn't make sense and we don't have all the details i understand that but i had to ask the question okay so i'll say when 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 we get hit with the old the uh tired if not overused adage of doing what's in the best interest of the football team sunday after the game and then of course monday uh you know uh, whether it was on the radio or post game he said that it just sort of worked out that way. Uh, you know, we didn't plan it that way. Uh, you know, we did what we thought was best. To me, there must be some belief that Belichick has bought into what Patricia believes will be best for the offense in establishing what they did on Sunday. They only used 11 personnel and 12 personnel. They had basically two positional groupings, they had 11 personnel and 12 personnel, two play actions, no RPOs, incredibly simplified offense, not terribly creative if we're being honest. There's a and shocker. There's yeah, total shocker, right? So they're just Somebody trying to get back to like an offense before. In front of yeah, him. yeah, but they want to get back to some real fundamental smash mouth offense, bro. Okay, fine. If that's what you want to do, then keep up the inside zone runs, which are working for over five yards a carry. But curiously, you made a bunch of dumb mistakes and got away from the running game, went outside with more of the runs, which only got like two and a half yards a carry. Be that as it may, and or I digress. Somehow, somebody has convinced Bill Belichick that sticking with Parker, a bigger receiver like Parker and Myers, and then sometimes folding in Aguilar first, as opposed to your most electric playmaker at the wide receiver position, is good for whatever direction this offense is trending in. Obviously, they get paid a hell of a lot more uh, to, to do this than any of us have or to comment on it, design it, scheme it, etc. I don't think you're going to find a lot of people outside of that building that would feel the same way. And and yeah, if, you've we, if you've got Boomer Esiason, if you've got Boomer Esiason going on the radio and saying that the biggest problem with the Patriots is a lack of playmakers, and you're only going to allow you, arguably your best one on offense to get two effing plays. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna go ahead and borrow the title of one of your segments on the morning show, Shime. What are we doing? Yeah, but Boomer doesn't know any more than you and I do. I mean, that's no. the reality. Just because he has a big name and he played in the NFL, he's ignorant just like us. And until we know the details, now I I I've felt all along this was a. Um, cumulative process here with Bourne and then the fight was like probably a, a, a big chunk addition to that and the reaction to that that day but the the, the he he's not Randy Moss like can we all agree that no, like yeah. it's no, not I know, like but he's more Dion Branch he's not even, he's not he's even a Wes Walker right yeah. no he's better than a Jag and if you've got the owner weighing like in Jag, I guess. he's better than Jag Medium, and if you've got the marginal. owner go okay no all right. Well, it, you know, that's OK. We opinions are like neighbors and a-holes and taxes. We all have yeah, to we all have them. them. I got I know. But at the same time, uh, if you've got the owner weighing in now at this point, if Tommy Kern's reporting reportedly. is correct report and the owner reportedly has weighed in, 
uh, because he likes him and wants to see him used more. You best be damn sure he's going to be used in this game. When has well, Bill I ever? Don't, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Are we going to assume that the owner's going to undercut Bill for Kendrick? Bourne? No shot. He, he wouldn't undercut annoyed. Bill for Tom Brady. Exactly. So he can be annoyed. He can ask a question, and when Bill says. Well, he's been late to these meetings. He's uh, given us attitude over this. His agent asked for more money. His agent wanted to know his role, if it was going to expand this year. Then Robert will go, okay, I was just checking. You don't have to snap at me, Bill. Like, I'm sorry. He's not going to cut Bill off at the knees for Kendrick effing Bourne. Nope. Kendrick effing Bourne is a solid player on this team last uh -huh. year. He doesn't start for half the teams, more than half the teams. in the. I don't even know who he would start for in the National Football League. So, Third best receiver on a lot of other teams, Andy. I, Third I, best receiver on a lot of other teams, and they're not, and they're not, not even, Miami. Oh, that mm, I, I take him over Cedric Wilson. I certainly would sure. make him the third best receiver on Dallas. Look, I I don't understand why they're not using him. I I don't. We I wasn't there. Obviously, I I may not have made as big a deal over throwing fists and you know getting involved in the melee with the Panthers. I think I the fights are relevant. I think much has made yeah. been made about that. that. I don't okay. think the fight right. hasn't. I've seen I know you guys do. throw punches, get thrown out of practice, and then you move on. That's your punishment. So this idea that this is still lingering from the fight, no. The fight, in my opinion, is likely a minuscule part in this, if any part in this. Uh, and there's much more. It's nuanced, or there's layers, or whatever, attitude-related. But... It's not ideal because, you know, I, I wrote a column the other day that, you know, what more does Mac have to deal with? Now he's injured and he's got bad weapons. He's got bad coaching. Oh, and by the way, your best weapon, who you like, because we see you in your little videos throughout the summers and off seasons throwing and smiling with, well, we're not going to play him. It's like you're sending Mac out there to fail. You're sending Mac out there without the best chances to succeed. Well, I think that's one of my questions, too. Do you, don't you think Mac has to be in some way frustrated a little bit? Because as soon as Bourne's on the field, Mac targets him on a 41-yard yep. pass. The and then second he's, the he's out there. And L then his reward the for that is, is sit down. The second his feet touch the football field, Mac immediately targets the guy. So I feel like not only is Mac getting beat up because the offensive line is struggling, like on top of that, one of his favorite targets isn't getting time right. for a reason he can't control. I can only imagine that that's frustrating. Yeah, and and it's not ideal, but I also I wish we just had more of the information to really kind of piece the puzzle together because it's a very interesting puzzle. And maybe and maybe Fitzy's right. Maybe it changes this week. Maybe last week was the end of the punishment, the doghouse, whoever's doghouse it was, whatever. Maybe he does and says all the right things this week, and he's back on the field and he gets targeted five times and has you know four catches. Okay, so I'll just set it out there right now because these games are fun to play because we sports radio and uh, this podcast is, a, is an extension therein. 16 and a half plays on the field over under. Um, I'm going to take the... That's a good number. You set a solid number. He did. Um, I'm going to take the under. I am with Andy. I am also going to go under. I but gonna, I think it'll be more than two. Over. Yes, well, somewhere yeah. between two and sixteen. Two and, and a half. sixteen, somewhere. Is there yeah. any over two, under sixteen? And now half. I know TJ Watt is a, again. We'll have the Pittsburgh preview in a couple. Pittsburgh preview pod. Try saying that three times quickly when you're mildly dehydrated. Pittsburgh preview pod. We'll have that in a couple of days. But there's part of me that thinks that uh, while there's some obstinance to know we're going to make this work, this is what we practiced all off season, and we're going to continue to go with our eleven and twelve personnel and try to take advantage of TJ Watt not being there and try to run it down their goddamn throats. At the same time, 
perhaps a little spread him and shred him will build some confidence and excitement in the offense on Sunday. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that. So if, if your idea is to get confidence in your offense, mm-hmm. I don't think you want to necessarily try and spread them and quote unquote shred them against this defense in particular that just picked off Joe Burrow four times, caused two fumbles. Uh, I understand TJ Watts not there, but he also got injured in that game. So like, you know, it wasn't there the entire time. Uh, I don't know exactly when he got injured. I just know he did. And he missed some of the game. It was um, yeah, it was later in the game, Very, but even yeah. even still, like that means you're gonna target guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and other strong players on that defense. That defense is a good good unit. I don't, I I'm not saying that this week is necessarily the best week to try and uh, spread them and shred them. In so, your opinion, without without getting into a a Pittsburgh preview and matchups yeah. and things that we'll get into later of the week, Kendrick Bourne is an obvious choice for a guy who could get more involved. Comeback Step player up. of the week, if you okay. Will. There we give go. Me, that would give be me nice. Three more of those. Who else? Who else would you Trent put in? Brown. Hundred percent. We talked about him in the first segment. A guy who looked disinterested. Uh, communication wasn't good. The execution wasn't good. Any of that wasn't good. Uh, I would say, I think the offensive line you could include as a whole. I the comeback. The comeback Manette unit. Be, yes. And yeah. is going to be Cole Strange. Yeah. I, I mean, I think those guys, and you know. Not to pat myself on the back, Shime style about offseason predictions, but House of this, Cards, you called it. I'm, I think they need to get improved to become a House of Cards. <laughs> They're not yet a House of Cards, and so that is concerning. Fitzy, who would Defensi- you uh, offer? Defensively, I'm going to look to the secondary, and in particular, I'll go with Jalen Mills for comeback player of the week. Oh, you missed the obvious one. What? I thought you were going to go with my guy, John got- Smith. No, the guy who's on the side of a uh, a milk carton, in my opinion, after I did nothing but inflate his tires for. Oh, Christian, oh, Christian Barmore? Barmore. Yeah. By the way, Christian Barmore. Yeah. Oh, this this should be a week he should absolutely don. I'm looking to Mills because I think somebody's going to have to make a play this week. And Mitch Trubisky is far less accurate than Tua Tagovailoa, even though Tua threw a lot of his Callahan called them arm punts last week with that licorice stick he calls a left arm. Uh, Trubisky will give you a couple of 50 fifties and I'm looking to Jalen Mills and maybe some of the other guys in the secondary, but particularly Mills Oddly to maybe enough, redeem himself. Barmore had 32 snaps, basically no pressure at all last Sunday. Yeah, he was a enough, flat tire. I, the, the Cincinnati pass rush last year was pretty good. Trubisky was only sacked once last week and it was like a two yard sack. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, Pittsburgh might've made some more improvements on the, on the offensive line in the off season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how the the defensive front four fares against Pittsburgh. Okay, that's going to uh, put the wraps on what we'll call our Born Identity segment of the mm-hmm. Six Rings podcast. Born Ultimatum, if you will. Born Ultimatum. Play me or I'm out of here and retire. No, he didn't say Better that. have a Born Supremacy on Sunday or else. Or is everyone happy now? No. What about the Born mm-hmm. Legacy? Uh, wish, well, was wish that, that has yet to be written. <laughs> I wish I was never born is my uh, response. Well, I'm born to I run. was born to, to the fridge. love you, oh. and you were born to love me first. Born and die, I'd like to right now. Anyway, that is the listeners born, are born, whatever you want to call it segment of the Six Rings podcast. If you want to respond to any of that, we always urge you to reach out and join us via at Six Rings Pod on Twitter. Six rings pod at gmail.com if you want to send an email. And I wish we had a voicemail. We should have a phone number. Like the old days of 1 800 numbers. Remember when Richard Seymour opened up like the Richard Seymour fan engagement line and he had like this voicemail box where you could leave Richard Seymour an email? I mean, a voicemail. I wish we had that, but we don't. So 
I digress. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, the final segment of the Six Rings podcast, and I don't think we have a catchy name. It's not necessarily Pat's Puri, our favorite segment, or my favorite segment. I don't want to speak for the rest of this you is, guys. This is called Kiss the Rings, where you ask us questions. The Rings, apparently, is this rings. segment. I don't know. I just threw it out there. I seen okay, it I'm not sure exactly how there. it ties into what we're going to do, do, but I. we're going to interact with our listeners via interactions on both Twitter at at six rings pod or six rings pod at gmail.com for the emails. So boys take it away. What do the fans have to say? Uh, Chad Moore from Twitter says, let's say Mac can't go this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, who do you see stepping up Hoyer or Zappy? Oh, it's Hoyer. 100% Zappy. Zappy will be game day active, but it's Hoyer o'clock all the way. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but I do think no. it would be Hoyer. I, I don't think it's actually a, a necessary consideration at this point. I think Mac will be out there come hell or high water and whatever shot they inject him with if he needs to for yeah. back spasms and, and to get through it. Now, will he be affected? We'll talk about that later in the week. It'll be interesting to see what he's listed on the injury report and all those things. But um, it would actually stun me, stun me if Mac Jones, for whatever reason, wasn't out there. The real Jake Grover asks, what do you guys think of Cole Strange being benched? Is he already on his way to being a bust? Now, the Cole Strange benching was something that he explained as a rotational development or a rotational planning that they had in mind because of the heat and fatigue in his first professional game. So I don't see that as a benching. And no, I don't think Cole Strange is already in another compartment of the Matt Patricia doghouse, seeing as he is both coordinator and offensive line coach. Yeah, I don't think it was a benching i think it was either a rotation or heat related now i will say we should remember he played more than the rest of the line in the preseason so if any of the linemen were game ready it would be cole strange but the flip side of that is mm-hmm. i think he needed to play more in the preseason because he's the least game ready of the linemen coming from tennessee chattanooga and adjusting to his new role and all that i i, I don't know i need i wish i could go back to i, I have a terrible memory I don't know what I remember of Logan Mankins, his rookie year. Hmm. He started. He absolutely started right out the gates as a first tackle to guard transaction thing. Mm -hmm. I just feel like Cole Strange was given this job, and I've yet to see anything that said, wow, he really deserved that. Like, he deserved to be penciled in. in the Because back in OTAs, the first time I saw them have a line, Cole Strange was at left guard. And it's like he's been – he didn't get moved. Mike Onwenu lost some reps during the summer to what was that uh, guy? Jason Hines, Arlington Hambright, yeah. uh, James Ferentz. Uh, uh, yeah, know. the it's the Hambright guy took his reps early. Is is the one I was talking about? And mm-hmm. Cole Strange hasn't. So is Cole Strange playing well? I don't really think so. Has he earned his spot? I don't really think so. But the reality is, it's his spot. Where's yeah, the competition? Every- Where's the competition for him? That's the problem. That's well, the biggest issue. That- yeah, so that's the issue. So he's starting by default. Meanwhile, I have to listen to Sunday Night Football as I'm driving back to my house and hearing about 
how good Shaq Mason looks getting downfield and blasting open holes for Leonard Fournette to have one of the best running nights he's had as a professional. Like that, I'm a t- that didn't make me shake at least one angry fist out the window. Yeah, Again, uh, ev- everyone knows I hate yeah. the pick. I hate the first round pick on a guard, but I wouldn't even go as far as to say he's a bust already. Oh, I, no. Again, I'm with you, Andy. I don't think necessarily he's earned this job yet, and I, I hate f- taking a first round guard out of UT Chattanooga. But at this point, it kind of is what it is. Uh, gentlemen, how big a problem no. do you see? Uh, Andy if you Hart see will one, be. Will the only Pat Fryermuth be for the Patriots? Oh, that has to be from Classy Claire. That has to be because she loves the tight endage. Um, Considering that Mike Gesicki had 0.5 fantasy points last Sunday, he was a complete non-factor. They really didn't target the tight end position. You could say like, well, if trends continue, it shouldn't be an issue. I see it as a big issue. I see them trying to get a good, uh, a quick tight end who's a focal point of their offense, who got a bunch of catches last week. I see him being a real pain in the ass Sunday and Kyle Duggar better get his coverage skills uh, in lockstep and line, especially if Andy Adrian Phillips, who we hear good things about, he's trending in the right direction with the rib issue, but it's not a certainty that he'll play Sunday. Yeah. And Kyle Duggar did not have a great summer coverage wise in training camp. Um, I like him in the box. We talked a little bit post game about his tackling other than the, you know, game changing play. I'll pull my Belichick there. He tackled really well. He tackled Tyreek Hill in space. I think he is a good tackler, good box safety. I don't have a ton of confidence in his coverage. Um, so I think that's, that's a concern for them, but I'm sorry if they can't deal with a, I mean, what do we want to call him? Middle of the road tight end. He's not a great no. tight end. He's he's in the upper. He, I'd, I'd say Pat Furmuth is in the upper half of tight ends. Okay, yeah, great. It, Trubisky if, targeted him a ton this past if, week, too. If they you. can't deal with him, I thought safety was the strongest position on the team. I don't care who's dinged up or anything. You, you supposedly have like five starting safeties on the roster. Get one of their asses to cover a damn tight end. Like, I'm sorry. If you can't cover him, then it is going to be a long season and the bottom is falling out of this defense. I'd also want to flip the question on our friend Clazy Claire and say, uh, how frustrating is it to watch the Patriots tight ends who uh, get paid lots and lots of money? Uh, you know, actually, uh, Mutt and I talked about this. Do you guys know in last night's, not to timestamp this, but in last night's Monday night football game, mm-hmm. can you guess how many tight ends were targeted by Russell Wilson and the, on the Denver Broncos? Uh, four. That is correct. Four <laughs> different tight ends were targeted in that game. And on top of that, Geno Smith also targeted three different tight ends on the opposite side of the ball. And yet the Patriots can't figure out really how to how to do it much with their own. Uh, anyways, at and Kenman asks, do we see any major play call changes this week or do we see them revert to some old plays so that the team can actually kind of function? And by old plays, what are we thinking? We're just going to go with like a smash mouth approach to type of, is that by old fashioned, good old grind them out and you know, smack them around the field and for like impose your will on them. Or are we talking like maybe not spread them and shred them, but maybe some more three wide receiver sets and a pass centric offense at first. Is that what we're thinking? Well, I mean, I would not be opposed to allowing Mac to cook as they say. Um, Cause that I, phrase needs to go away. It really does. It's so overused. I hate it so yeah. much. That's why I love it's doing done it. now. And I Russell Wilson and, and Nathaniel fire. Hackett put it to bed forever last night. Um, with as comfortable as he looked as Peter Lockhart, right, Fitzy, uh, orchestrating the offense in the first. Nice. Yeah. Game. Peter, good old Peter Lockhart. Uh, yes. He keeps calling yeah. him Peter Lockhart. He's no Keith. Tom Brady, so I can't call him Keith Lockhart. So he's a lower level Lockhart. So Peter will call him. Um, 
I think you need Peter to do that more often. He needs to feel good. If if we're talking about guys that need a pat on the bum bum and you want to feel good, I would put Mac atop that list. He's been I might be older. gentle with that ass pat with the, his back last well, week. Well, he won't feel a thing with everything that's going to be pumping <laughs> through his body. So um, much Toradol. Duct tape and Toradol, baby. But you need to get – he needs some return on his investment because for months – He's been saying, I love the open conversation and, oh, we got so many great coaches and they've coached so many games and all of and the process. Don't worry about the results. He has been a good soldier for months. It's time yes, for him is. to feel good and throw like some touchdown passes and have a little yes. fun on a football field. Yes, that's why I'm saying open it up and put Pittsburgh on their heels if possible. Careful how far you open it or he might end up on his ass in more pain than when he started. Yeah. So that'll do it for the Twitter comments. But, gentlemen, we do have an email. Uh -oh. oh, this email came in email. yesterday. Uh, this is from Chris Cataldi. Uh, his name, he says, hi, my name's Chris. I'm a Pats fan from Richmond, Virginia. Love the pod. Always look forward to the new episodes. And I wholeheartedly agree with all of Shime's Patriots takes for 2022. This is a first. The offseason was a complete disappointment with the trade of Mason taking strange in the first round and not doing much to make the team better on either side of the ball. Drafting a receiver with bird bones in the second round also didn't help, especially <laughs> since he was injured on his first NFL contact. Bird bones. That's a good one. I'm going to call him that from now on. <laughs> the biggest okay. disappointment has to be the offensive coordinator situation. Both Patricia and Judge are failed head coaches. There's no other way to say it. The players know it. Opponents know it. And it feels like Bill is determined to make it work with them despite all evidence to the contrary. If the offense is changing, wouldn't it would it really hurt to have a guy like Gase or even someone from the college level instead of forcing two terrible coaches into roles they aren't suited for? Mac has also looked shaky since the bye week last year, and he looked as though he lacked confidence against Sunday. I was all in on Mac last year, but my biggest fear is that a bad season will hurt his confidence going forward and leave us in a QB situation similar to the Jets. Anyway. I think Bill's hubris has derailed the team, and while he's busy continuing to try to outsmart everyone, other teams have made sound choices in free agency in the draft. Ultimately, I think we'll be six and eleven or seven and ten, and it's a total letdown. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Chris. Well, first of all, thanks for the email, and thanks for supporting Shime. He needs it. There's not. I do. There's not. Shime there's support. not many Shime fans out there. So shout out to fellow Chris. At least not in Patriots Nation, and I can understand the joy that must have bounced around that chubby little heart of yours when you read that as well. There are a lot of people that obviously Shime. The people that clap back get angry at you. Say they've got no time for the negativity. In some ways. Look, some of them might be right at the same time. And again, that's these are their opinions. But at the same time, you are picking at a nerve that is unearthing a lot of frustration that I think a lot of people feel. Now, there are those that are willing to ride this out, understand that we were spoiled, uh, rotten, uh, the luxury of riches in entitled town the past 20 years. It's a different place now. And the bedside manner by which Judge, Patricia, and Belichick carry and compose themselves doesn't do anything, I think, in a lot of people's minds, especially yours, to bring comfort when the team is in transition or struggling. So I can understand both sides of the street. That said, hey, you know, just so you know, like they say in a lot of those promos, you are not alone. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I some of the specifics that you touched on, like, I don't know that you had to go crazy on the offensive coordinator role, like. I would be more comfortable, and Mike Lombardi has alluded to this, Bill taking on a heavier hand in the offense if it doesn't work. 
I would be very comfortable with Bill Belichick and Nick Cayley running the offense. That's what I said. It will. It makes. It also is just more of a logical progression for yeah. someone like Nick Cayley, right? It's okay. I was an offensive assistant, then I became the tight ends coach, and now I'm the offensive coordinator. Right. Like that's the kind of well, NFL I'm not ready. No, I'm not the no. offensive coordinator. I'm the play caller and Bill yes. is looking over my shoulder and we're yep. tied at the hip and we're working hand in hand. And then Meanwhile, maybe next Patricia's year I become the, the actual OC. Yeah. No, like that would be, I don't need Adam Gase. I don't need Billy O'Brien. Like I could you. have been happy with a Belichick mm-hmm. Nick Cayley combo. And I don't rule out the Belichick thing because Mike Lombardi keeps uh, beating that drum that at some point Bill might just say, this isn't working. He's a fixer. He doesn't beat his head against a wall. He takes over. We saw a, a portion of indication on Sunday that maybe when Bill is more involved, first drive of the first half, first drive of the second half, maybe it is better. Maybe that would give him reason to say, I do need to take over more. I would also say as much as most people dislike Matt Patricia, He's in a tough spot, and that was his first game calling plays at an NFL level. Like, I'm sorry, that that's not really on him. That's on Bill. He oh, didn't have any experience. So to pull the plug uh-huh. on him right now, I actually think would be unfair to Matt Patricia. Like, whoa, you knew I had no experience. It didn't go great the first game, and now you're firing me? That's you. That's on you, Bill. And I know Bill said blame me. I will blame you because you put him in a fail-fail situation and then pull the plug on him when he fails. So I, I understand Chris's frustration. And by the way, yeah, seven wins isn't that far off from a lot of people. Like the eight and a nope. half, you know, I think a mm-hmm. lot of us have said actually eh, seven to nine range, depending on how the ball bounces, quote unquote. S- seven was a lot of people's floors. Yeah. And 10 is probably a ceiling for a lot of people. I would say mine is yeah. more. But so Chris, uh, and, and the other aspect of it is that Shime gets wrapped in, and I think is the Mac Jones thing. I don't know if people are starting to question Mac Jones more, like Chris, who said after the bye, he liked him last year, but then after the bye, and now this year. Because if Mac Jones can't play, well, then you're you're done. You're every other NFL team. And I have an interesting take that I'm developing. Um, well, please workshop it here. Well, I would just say simply – are we starting to realize it's too early, but are we starting to realize maybe all five of the quarterbacks taken in the first round last year aren't franchise quarterbacks? No, I think there's a chance and that nope. happens. It nope. happens in many drafts. Yes. Nope. More often than not. Yeah. It's, it's like, it is we got so hard to hit a on a legit. Yeah. J- hitting on Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and, and, and guys like that in like back to back drafts and just like absolute studs that can start right away doesn't normally happen like first round quarterbacks for years the majority of them stink now I mean, look at like that last time that five quarterbacks were taken in the first round yeah well, 2018 you had, guys like, you had guys like jake locker who don't oh, yeah. even play well, that was way anymore. before that but what about the josh allen year you had josh rosen flame out you had sammy square jaw flame out but then you had josh, josh allen, allen work was out. you had lamar jackson workout i think three of the five ended up working out in the first round the last time five went yeah so i I mean, it's, it's all five, it's, Andy. No, I think Trevor Lawrence is still going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Probably, but he needs to start showing signs at some point. <laughs> Trey Lance. I wouldn't have touched with a 10 foot blank uh, hard pass. I'm not out on Justin Fields just yet. I mean, hell Davis. What the greatest thing would be, Davis and, Mills. and maybe we should end on this, that a guy with zero ACLs and enough neck to graft 10 of them 
might end up turning out to be the most productive of all of them. Oh, and he's not a franchise true. quarterback either. So I, I no, mean, he's a journeyman. I think yeah, there's a best. chance that there were no franchise quarterbacks in last year's draft, and you may have gotten the best of them, but he may not be the guy to lead you to the promised land. But also, I would summarize this entire show by saying, as Aaron Rodgers likes to say, relax. It's week one. Mm -hmm. It's Mac Jones game one of year two. He has bad coaching or at least inexperienced coaching. There's a lot of logs on the fire right now. Let's let it burn for a little bit before we decide exactly how this is going to play out. I would also like to say on an unrelated note to all our future emailers uh, who want to contact us, putting a nice, uh, a, you know, a nice hook in the subject line really matters because all it says is Shimes takes. And so I was fully prepared when I opened it to just be lambasted by whoever sent it. So really, you know, when you send stuff like that, that I, I want to read it. I want to read like it like right with away. a song or what they say about a TikTok video. It's got to hit within the first eight seconds. Or otherwise, people are going to scroll right through. So always find a way to put a nice little hook in there and then you fish them right in. Right, Andy? Okay, wrap up. Yes, hopefully we hooked you in the beginning of this podcast and you're still here to close it out. Six rings and football things. If you want to contact us and be part of future, what was it called again, Shime? I forgot. It was terrible. Listenership. Yeah, no, ignore what I said. It's stuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and, and if you want to offer up names for a segment in which we yes, interact please. with our emailers and tweeters, we'd be happy to send you something that Fitzy is hawking. Oh my God. This home. is like the return At of the King. Rings. It's got three endings already. Let's go. First of all, I'm not going to take any criticism on being too wordy from you. Cause I've never heard anybody wordier in my life. Wordy okay. McWord word. Oh my wordy God. Word word would like to wrap draw it, it out. Holy so, smokes. Just put the dog down already. Well, if, if you would stop speaking at some point, I would close it, but I can't with you babbling. Brooke wants us to end it at six rings and football things. We'll be back later in the week to talk Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, Andy, listeners should also be reminded that every Sunday after the Patriots game, they can tune in to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI or all across the WEEI network, right? Right. Bye.